Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Metabolism and Menopause podcast. My name is Stephanie, and I'm your host and CEO of Vitality OET. We are a women's nutrition, health, and fitness company that focuses predominantly on women's hormones, particularly as they start going through perimenopause and onwards. We know that so many things change in this time of your life, whether it be hot flashes, night sweats, irritability, brain fog, or waking around the middle that seems to have come out of absolutely nowhere. But we know now that your body is inherently different once you start experiencing these hormonal changes. So that's why your cutting calories, cutting carbs, doing a bunch of cardio isn't working anymore. So our mission here is to help you understand how your body changes in this time of your life so you can reach your health and fitness goals, live a life full of vitality, get in control and feel at home in your body again, and really understand how to take care of this new body of yours. So for today, today's podcast is going to be a little bit different. So this is a recording from a group session that we did with the women in our program. We do bi-weekly. Oh my goodness, that was my cat meowing. Um, sorry. We do weekly calls in our Vitality Women's Coaching Group. Um, so bi-weekly, toss in a couple extras here and there where we do different educational things, talk about different topics women are struggling with. Um, and this one was just too good not to share. So this is a recording of a group session that we did focusing on motivation because we know in this time of year, motivation starts to wane after the holidays. We want to, you know, we kickstarted something in January and now it's motivation starting to wane. We're getting a little bit antsy. We're looking for a change up. So I hope you enjoy this group session that we did. Um, this is the first time we're ever sharing anything like this. So I really hope you enjoy it. You'll get to hear um, a little bit from all the coaches on our team, which is really cool. I get to see kind of all of us interact together. And we also talk about our personal experiences at the end. So I really hope you enjoy this. Um, if this is something you are interested in hearing more about, um, and different things, just like message me, but this is, yeah, this is a really good one. I really hope you enjoy it. Um, today, what we want to talk about is discipline versus motivation and how to keep going when novelty is gone. Because usually after the holidays, we're all like gung ho and we're good. Or maybe the holidays, we're just having a really hard time getting back into it, which I know a lot of people are. So, we wanted to kind of go over some things to help you guys when things kind of get more challenging. Like I said, like most of the time when we're first hopping into coaching, we're like super motivated, we're excited, and that's totally understandable because it's new and we're like super just, you know, a new experience and we're just ready to go. And that's how it should be, right? We're always excited at the beginning of something new. But over time, there can be Parts of our excitement and our motivation that really start to, to wane, you know, life gets in the way. We have travel, we have holidays, other stressors, pets dying. We have other causes of grief, people getting sick. And some weeks it just seems to get really, really hard to motivate yourself to get your workouts done, hit your nutrition goals when really you just don't feel like it. Or again, those life things get in the way. We've all been there. I'm there right now with my exercise. I just like to be quite frank, just don't give a shit about exercise right now. Um, that's not like me. I've always been like very enthusiastic and excited with exercise. And now it's just like, no, it sounds great. Gray's anatomy and my couch. It's been uh, it's been a theme in our household as of late. 
And it's really hard to to want to keep going. And that's normal though. Motivation ebbs and flows. It's flaky. It's really unreliable to be honest. And we can't rely on motivation to keep us going consistently with our healthy habits. It's just not always going to be there. So as soon as those challenges arises, that motivation disappears, the emotional side of our brain is always looking to go back to the way things used to be when things got hard, no matter how unhealthy that actually used to be for us. So again, healthy habits can be a lot more work than what we're used to doing um, before we're doing this journey for sure. So if you really want to live a healthier life in many ways, it is a really great idea to rely on when I feel like it. No, that's not a good a good indication because then you're going to end up like me where I just don't do any activity right now. And it is so bad. Because um, so if I rely on when I feel like it, it is just tough. And I don't know, obviously part of that will be with like the pregnancy and being tired. Part of that is just the weather is crap. And honestly, I just don't have like a big fitness goal right now. Usually I'm like going towards like a performance goal or I'm doing some new programming or someone's keeping me accountable or there's always like a community or, you know, something. Um, and uh, right now all I have is relying on, do I feel like it? And the answer is no, pretty much every day. I did work out yesterday though. So we're on a win today. Um, so why do we stubbornly depend on that motivation to change where we are year after year, week after week, day after day, what can we do differently to really keep working towards our goals when that motivation disappears? Because that happens a lot and it's going to happen to everyone. Like I said, it's happening to me right now, happens to the best of us, coaches included. Being self-motivated is based on making the world look like we want it to, according to our brains, obviously. So if we don't succeed easily, we can really find ourselves seeking new motivation or trying to find our motivation that doesn't last. Or maybe we start trying to do something new. Usually when our motivation starts to wane and we're not wanting to do things anymore, or we're just like, I just don't feel like it. We start looking for a new quick fix. The grass is greener somewhere else. This is where we find ourselves being like, do I really need carbs? Maybe I should just cut carbs. Is reversing really the answer? Maybe I should just cut my calories now. Are we sure this is what I should be doing? We start looking for different things. And then we think those new novelty ways of trying to lose weight will motivate us all of a sudden. And we see this all the time, especially this time of year where everyone starts to question, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I ready for this fat loss phase? Can I cut my calories? Are you sure my carbs aren't too high? Maybe I should be doing more HIIT workouts. Are you sure I shouldn't be doing more cardio right now? Like, can I please get some more runs in? Like, this is where we start trying to grasp at different straws because we really start to question, oh, maybe my motivation is like, because I'm not doing something different. We always keep looking for this variety. And variety is the killer of success. I will tell you this time and time again. This is where we start going from high carb to low carb to high calorie to low calorie. And if we can't stay consistent with something, we are never going to get there. That would be like investing your money in something, let's say, whatever, some sort of investments or whatever. And you're just like, oh, I'm really tired of like not seeing it grow that fast. And then you take it out and you try and invest it somewhere else. And you take it out and try and invest it somewhere else. Whereas if you just left it there, and you let it invest and invest and invest and the interest accumulate, then you get a lot more closer to your goal. But we are like, oh, it's not quite fast enough or all oh, the novelty kind of weared off. Maybe I should invest my money somewhere else. 
And that doesn't lead to success. You need to be consistent in things, but motivation and variety really get in the way of that. Um, And this time of year in particular, it can be really, really hard not to want to start switching things up and uh, trying to find a new form of motivation from a new variety. Because like when you first started coaching, you were really excited. You were really motivated. So now you're looking for that next new thing. Stop. We're just, we're going to do this. We're going to be able to do it, you guys. We're going to get through it. Um, So finding and looking for constant motivation, like I said, is that double-edged sword. Can it get our butts moving in the right direction? Yes, it can give us some energy, get us started with some health changes, but it comes and goes. It can steer us off course without warning. And then you're kind of back to where you are where you are again and you're in this cycle of kind of yo-yoing and trying new stuff. So this is like a, a big, like, I hope that clicks and you're like, ah. Oh. So next time you're like asking and being like, hey, Coach Hannah, can I do this? Be like, no, 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 no. Remember, remember what Steph said, variety, or non-consistency, this is a distraction. I'm trying to find a new way to motivate myself or not doing this. So just just stick with it. You guys can do this. So we are going to talk about some things that you can look at to not how to keep yourself going when motivation wanes and not finding motivation in a new variety of things because we know that doesn't work. This is what's led to the hopping on a new diet in January. And March, and then again in June. So we're not we're not going to do these three month changes all the time. Um, so we're going to go over some of the things to really help you through this. Okay, so the first thing we'll talk about is maybe you know it's really important to understand why motivation is probably not the best thing to be relying on. And the first one is that it actually affects our self-worth and our self-esteem. And we may not actually realize it because when we're relying on being motivated, our self-worth or the way that we think about ourselves and like our value that we bring to the world is actually now based on external factors. And if external factors change, our sense of self-worth or our self-esteem will also change with it, which is not okay. And when things get hard and motivation goes away, which is inevitable, our self-worth will actually go down too, or it can follow that. And us, you know, that leads to our negative relationship with food, our negative relationship with ourselves, our lack of self-worth, our lack of self-compassion, right? And that's not okay. That needs to be completely separate from your motivation and you feeling good or feeling energized about, you know, making a big change or going towards that health goal, right? The other thing is that you will experience what we call gaps, and these are gaps in motivation. And these gaps in motivation can actually make us feel disconnected and can really tap into our anxieties or our our fears of failure or reasons for not staying the course for any length of time that we kind of logically know we should, but we just kind of don't feel like it when life comes up. So any length of this gap in motivation can lead to more fear more anxiety, more worry, and more of these negative thoughts that can actually break your really positive habit streaks or your habit chains. And it can also really affect your growth mindset that you've been working so hard to develop. So basically, you know, uh, motivation is part of almost like a fixed mindset. And we know that growth mindset is like the recipe for success. So making sure that we are not relying on just motivation is also part of that. Another thing that it could do is it can encourage us to be more reactionary, which we also don't want. Motivation is what we call reactionary. It's almost like immediate gratification, right? It is almost what we would consider kind of reflexive. 
it relies on that immediate gratification, as I said. So by definition, it actually encourages us to focus on something temporary and something unwanted and not something that's going to be like long term. And it doesn't help us utilize that delayed gratification that we do talk about a lot in the coaching, right? And that delayed gratification is really important, not only for discipline, but for long-term success and long-term health. And this motivation, it only really relies on immediate gratification, which doesn't help teach us patience in our journey, which we need, uh, which is also really important for that long-term success. And I tell my clients this a lot too. We always overestimate what we can do in a year but we underestimate or we don't even think about what we can do in five because it's way too far away. Um, the other thing that we that motivation kind of causes is we have to remember that motivation is driven by others. So just like that external factor with our self-worth or our self-esteem, the opinions and values of other people can drive motivation for a lot of us, which is, again, it's not intrinsic, so it's not going to last. This means that we actually might be jumping to the tune of other people's needs or other people's opinions and not our own. And this is, you know, more than just your health journey. A lot of people do this to try to make their own choices and they rely on everybody else to give them opinions on what they should do instead of actually asking themselves what they want. Right. And when something happens or someone says something maybe negative it can fully derail us immediately from continuous action or success. So think about something that you may have been super excited about before and you go and tell somebody that you're super excited about this thing and all of a sudden they're like, that's kind of stupid. And like, do you remember how horrible you felt as soon as someone said something negative about you were what you were so excited in? It's definitely not fun, but it's just an immediate way that you can probably squash that motivation. And of course, then that's going to, end up um, killing all those positive habits that we've been trying to build and just discouraging you from moving forward. A really good example of this is doctor visits because the number of you that reach out after a doctor visit and are like, I don't know if this is right anymore. Like you are raving to us prior to this of like, my energy's so good. I haven't slept like this in months. I feel healthy. I'm getting stronger. And then you go to the doctor. And the doctor makes a stupid ass comment of like, you should really try and lose weight. You should probably cut your calories. You should probably do some more cardio. And then you leave, you feel absolutely horrific. You are doubting everything that you are have done to this point, which you have been doing amazing at and feeling great. And we can see your health is improving, but you let that one conversation with that doctor eliminate every sign of progress you've made so far. And this happens literally all the time with like all the women that we work with. Every time there's a doctor's appointment, it is just like, you should be cutting calories, you should be cutting carbs, you should be doing this. But that's the exact reason you came to us in the first place was doctors weren't listening to you. You tried cutting calories, you tried cutting carbs, you tried doing the exercise, it wasn't working, you felt like garbage. Yet you go to one doctor's visit, when you spend significantly less time with them than you do with us and you let that one bad interaction totally eliminate how great you were feeling um, and kind of where you've been in your journey so far. And this is part of that motivation thing where like you let that one doctor's opinion really negatively impact everything and then you don't want to do it anymore. And you're like not really sure. And so you're like kind of committed to the process, but not committed. Like, you were doing really good. You're being consistent. And then after that doctor's appointment, you're kind of like, 
oh, should I really be doing it? So then like some days you might be eating a little bit less because you think that's what you should be doing. And some days you start eating less carbs. You think that's what you should be doing or you sneak in a run. Um, these little things, right? And then again, that's that that variety, that letting that gratification or like information that that doctor gives you or like, okay, if I do that, then like it should work, but you know, it didn't work. So this is like a big one with motivation being driven by others. Again, don't let one negative conversation with a doctor, a friend, whatever, or seeing that new shiny object or that new fad diet or whatever it is, distract you from where you are on your journey. Because the only way this works is if you stick to it, you're consistent. The people who stick through it, listen to Gina's story. She stuck with it for six months, even though she wasn't really sure. And then that's where things really started to change for her. She felt really good. And then we started seeing crazy body composition changes in her. But if she would have like flip-flopped back and forth and like kind of committed, kind of didn't committed, again, that's like taking money in and out of account. And like, you're not letting interest accumulate because you're like kind of thinking this is a good investment. You kind of think it's not a good investment. You're kind of nervous and you don't like commit all the way. And then you don't get to see the positive changes from being consistent in that. Um, so that's just like a little tidbit on like doctor visits because it's happening to, it happens to everyone. Like literally everyone we talk to, um, you're doing great until you have that doctor's visit. And then it's like, you are so just mm, not sure. And I'm like, so the same doctor you told me about who didn't listen to you and you felt like crap following what they were saying. So we've got your back. Do not worry. We review things for you. Um, but don't let that be a driving force of like being half in half out because you won't, you won't see changes that way. Okay. Moving on side rant. <laughs> that so many ladies are watching this being like, yes, my doctor said that. Yes. It's so relatable. Um, okay. Motivation. So don't get us wrong. Motivation is not all bad. Um, it's there. It has a place when we need a little bit of an oomph or, you know, a little bit of an extra push, we can use it. However, Linking our everyday actions to only external circumstances and therefore motivation is only a temporary fix, meaning we'll only move towards our goals when certain external uh, influences are in place and while motivation is high, right? That's temporary and we do not do temporary fixes here at all. So we slide up and down the ladder of motivation depending on what stage of life we're in, which is not what we want to happen. Despite what's happening around us, we want to have the tools to either keep moving up the ladder or at the very least stay on the same rung of that ladder, of that motivational ladder, instead of constantly sliding up and down at the whim of life or, you know, how you're feeling in the moment. Um, so the first thing to remember is motivation actually follows action and behavior change. So let me say that again. Motivation comes after you take action and change behaviors, not the other way around. So while initial motivation may and will eventually wear off, taking actionable steps and changing our foundational behaviors is actually the game changer that will make change for the long run. Okay, we're going to talk about two ways to ensure motivation isn't the only thing keeping you on track. Um, number one is knowing your true why and remembering it often. And then number two is following through by creating systems and actions, which we know as discipline. Um, for number one, knowing your, your why. Most of us have come here to improve our health. For most of us, lose fat. 
Um, however, losing fat or improve, improving health markers aren't your true why, right? There's always going to be an underlying reason as to why you want to lose fat or why you want to improve your health. Um, research has shown that having a strong sense of intrinsic purpose can have profound and positive effects um, because it's not relying on those external factors or other people's opinions. So knowing your why can make you happier. It can improve the quality of your life. It can strengthen your physical and mental health and obviously help you reach your goals. Um, so discovering our true why will help us consciously find our deep, deeper purpose as to why we need to um, continue doing what we're doing with our health goal. Inversely, it can also help you realize what you might truly want to be happy um, in your health journey and not what you think people want from you. And like, I always love the quote, if values are clear, decisions are easy. Like for me, this is like a, something you can live and die by completely. Like, honestly, if you know what your values are, if you know what you truly value, it's easy to prioritize those things and make the decisions around them. Like for me, I always say the example of drinking. I talked about this on the podcast, even I think the one that came out today. I'm not a big drinker. I don't like the way I feel after it. I feel bloated. I'm exhausted. My blood sugar is crap the next day. If I'm going to drink alcohol, it has to taste delicious. So it's like a 200 calorie drink filled with sugar and like juices. So I'm better off just having like a brownie. Um, but for me, it's like, it's easy to say no to alcohol if I'm out with friends. It's easy for me to say no to staying out late because I do not function well the next day. Um, so for me, it's like, it's very easy to make decisions around social engagements because I know what my values are. I know what's important to me. So it makes that really easy. If you don't really know what's really important. So like, if I didn't know that alcohol made me feel that way, it'd probably be a lot harder to say no to, but I mean, like when you're pregnant, you don't drink alcohol, pretty easy to say no. Cause you want your baby to be healthy. Value is clear. Decision is easy. But when it comes to our health and fitness, it's usually not that clear. So you need to figure out exactly what it is that you value, why it's important. And then if you don't do those actions that you want, you have to figure out why that is. Like, what is the thing that's not, it's not important enough to be honest is what it is. Or you're like tapping into an um, instant gratification instead. So you have to figure out why did I not make that decision? Why was that decision not important for me to like keep? Why was that promise to myself not important to keep? Because um, until you figure that stuff out, it's really hard. And yes, we all have physique goals, but you need to dig down deep a little bit more to figure out Okay, why? Because that's going to help you succeed. So you might ask yourself, like, well, how do I do that? Right. How do I sit there and figure out <clears throat> what my values are, what my whys are, what's behind it? So you could sit and think about these these questions. They're all really, really important. And these are examples. They could be totally different than the ones that that you have. Um, but these are ones that we hear most often. Why do I really want to lose weight? Maybe your answer is, I really want to fit my clothes. Why is that important to me? So that I feel good and I can wear my favorite shirt again. So why is that important to me? So that I'm more confident and I have more energy. So why is that important to me? So that I can feel ready to take on what life might bring and to keep up with family and friends. So why is that important to me? so that I don't miss out on living and to enjoy shared experiences with my loved ones. And so why is that important to me? So that I have a deeper, more connected relationships with the ones that I love and have a more joyful life. 
So they all kind of build on each other. And as you see, it's like layers of an onion. You start to peel them back, right? And we kind of get to the real, real reason why. So some whys that we see often are wanting to feel confident in your body again, wanting to feel like you did before the weight gain, wanting to feel sexy again, wanting to be there for your child or your grandchildren for a long time, um, wanting to keep up with family members and others or conquer goals that you've always wanted to conquer. So whatever your reason is, genuinely and honestly determining what it is is a necessary step if you want to succeed. And we get it. It can sometimes be super painful removing those internal filters and acknowledging these areas that need work um, and that we might even need help in. But the reality is, without a legitimate deep-seated internal motivator to propel you forward and give you the energy and drive to overcome that anti-action obstacle we might, will not might, but definitely will run into, you're much more likely to eventually fall back into old, unhealthy habits and not have the long-term success, and we don't want that to happen to you guys. Yeah, like for me, like when it came to exercise, it was very much like, like I said, I had these goals that I really wanted to achieve. But when I first got into exercise, it was because I liked feeling in control of my body. And I felt like when I was in my early 20s in particular, I had no control over my life. And like the stuff that was going on with my mom when she first got sick and my sister being the most crazy party girl you have ever seen in your entire life at like 16, it was like mind blowing. She used to hide on like roofs of houses with people when the cops were like clearing out house parties. Like she was crazy. Like she was insane. I was, did not have the guts for that, but she was like, she, she was the crazy one. But it's like, for me, there was just so much chaos. And with my dad, that like sport and activity and like working out was the only way I felt in control. And like, I'm very much aware now that like, I actually have control over my life. I'm very happy with my life. So I think part of that, like obsession with exercise that I used to have was that, so now it's like, now I need to figure out another reason why exercise is important, like figuring out what that really is to me, because before it was like performance school, physique school, something like that. And then just being in control. And now I don't have those issues and things anymore. So now it's just like, I gotta figure something else out. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Uh, Cause there's no clear like value for that for me that I'm just like, it's easy to say yes or no. I love that. And I think it's really important to do these exercises because I've had clients realize that they don't actually need to be chasing this number they thought that they wanted to chase either. And, you know, some clients were, they were like, there was like this specific number they wanted on the scale or the specific amount of weight that they wanted to lose. And they actually just realized they needed to like repair their relationship with themselves. And the size that they thought they had to be was actually based on other people and like based on what they thought society would determine that's how they brought value and like worthiness to life. And then when they realized that that wasn't the case, a lot of them realized that like, maybe that's not the number I need. I just want to feel a certain way. And then their job got a lot easier because they didn't have this silly number that they were chasing. Now, some of us have very specific goals and I think that's really important, but I think it's also too important to, to explore like why this is what you want and just make sure that this is truly what you want and this is not based on somebody else, right? 
So let's talk now about actions and building better systems or what we would call kind of like discipline. I don't like to say discipline because I feel like there's a negative connotation with discipline and we have to like grind and like kill ourselves. That's not, no, 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 no. We need to build better systems. So there's a quote that goes like this. This is from, I'm pretty sure James Clear stuff, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it is because he's a genius. And if you have not read Atomic Habits, go read that book. But he said that you don't rise to the level of your goals. You actually fall to the level of your systems. Now, what does that mean? Well, we can have the best, most practical goals. We can have the most ambitious goals. And that's our motivation. But if we actually don't have our habits that form systems in our life to create a staircase or a ladder to get to that goal, which is our action, we probably won't ever get there. And we're just going to spend our whole lives trying to get to this unattainable goal without having any systems to create a staircase there. So by building better systems around improving our health or reaching our goals or doing whatever you want to do after you determine this is what I want to do, we make it easier and more automatic to continue making steps forward every day, regardless of if motivation is there or not. And habits are that those everyday actions that we put into place that create systems for success for who we want to become in the future or who we want to be like now. Start working on that now, right? And the little things that you do every single day actually account for way more in the long run than that big goal or that big destination at the end of your journey. Remember, as Amy said before, uh, motivation follows action, not the other way around. So another thing we can do, and Steph says this all the time too, you want to cast votes for the person that you want to become. So you almost want to think about your habit building as a democracy. Now we're not getting into politics, don't worry, but every action you take is a vote to, you know, either you're voting for the person that you want to become or you're voting for the person that you don't want to become. And so no single instance will transform your beliefs. But as those votes that go towards the person that you want to become build up, so does the evidence for your new identity and your habits. That's your action, right? And so your motivation is going to follow that action as you continue to make very small choices in the direction of that person that you want to be not the person that you don't want to be, or maybe the person that you are now that you want to change, right? Yeah. So we know that we want to be casting votes for the person that we want to become. So what are some of the ways that we can develop proper systems that are not going to crumble when we lose motivation? So first and foremost, we need to discover our ideal self. So who do you want to be in the future? How does this version of you act? How do they eat? What do they do on a day-to-day basis? Ask all of these questions to really figure out who it is that your ideal self is so that you know where you're going. Next, we need to create an environment for success. So reducing friction around these habits, these goals. So you want to set yourself up for easier action taking and less obstacles within your path. Then... We want to make sure that we never do something twice in a row that is acting against the person that we want to become. So if you're ever missing a day uh, or missing a habit or something like that, you always want to get back on track right away when you fall off so that we're not moving more in the direction of who we don't want to become. It's okay to miss once, but then once we're missing twice, we're really turning that needle in the other direction instead of towards who we want to become. Stacking habits is next. So we want to partner or pair actions that we want to do with things that we are already doing, which makes it easier to remember them. 
So for example, if you your ideal self reads before bed instead of scrolling on their phone before bed, you pair reading one sentence of your book with getting into bed. Maybe you then pick up your phone after, but at least you're getting into the habit of reading before bed. And then we also want to follow the 1% rule. So aiming to be 1% better every day because that's far more efficient over time than going from zero to 100 and then quitting and going back to zero to 100 and then quitting because that's also just really overwhelming to go from zero to 100. So go from zero to one, one to two, two to three and continue like that. Um, we can talk about these more in depth later, but hopefully you guys are getting an understanding of how to structure your days to and habits to be casting votes more consistently in the direction of who you do want to become. Yeah, like the whole ideal self thing, this is like dressing for the job that you want to have. So you've always heard that it's like you want the promotion, you start acting like the person who's already promoted. You start dressing like the person who already has that job because then you're that natural shoe in for when that promotion comes up. It's like you're the obvious pick. It's the same thing with our health and fitness goals that we do not think about it. So it's like you just start acting like the person who does these things already, who was already fit, who was already at that goal. What is their life like? You start acting and dressing for that job already, um, which I think is really important because like, it's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not quite there yet. It's like, no, like who, who do you want to be? What is this like job you want? This like persona, like how does that person talk to themselves? What does their morning routine look like? What do they do before bed? Are they tracking their food? Are they planning their food? Are they communicating well? Like, do they have good boundaries? What is that person like? Because if you just start acting like that person, remember motivation follows after action. So if you just start dressing, quote unquote, for the job, you're going to find this so much easier as opposed to being like, oh, I'm not there yet. Oh, I'm not there yet. It's like, no, you'll wake up one day and be like, holy shit, I'm here. And that's a pretty great day. <laughs> So just a quick note on delayed gratification. So if we know that motivation equals instant gratification, then discipline or the action that we take and the systems that we put into place, that equals delayed gratification and long-term success. So here's an example. Most of us don't brush our teeth twice a day because of the immediate gratification of clean teeth. Although some people love it. I personally do love that. Um, we brush our teeth in order to prevent cavities and future issues like bad breath, stained teeth, additional health problems, or if you're like me, you just want the approval of your dentist. <laughs> we don't rely on motivation to brush your teeth every night, right? No, because it's a habit that we have built in order to prevent long-term issues like gingivitis and cavities. The same goes for healthy habits. Sometimes the, the delayed gratification is way more important than the immediate reward we may get by doing the opposite. And recognize that recognizing this is huge. For example, getting to the gym every day may seem like a huge chore because it's way easier just to stay at home on the couch watching Netflix, right? But the feeling afterwards and the steps you're making toward who you want to be in the future will be way more gratifying in the long run. All right, so let's talk about when things get tough. So what can we do when things are already tough and we need to get out of that rut? 
Bad days or weeks are inevitable. In fact, in the coaching world, a lot of the times we say that bad weeks should be expected because they can and will happen, and it's important to be prepared for them. For some reason, we expect perfection with a nutrition and health journey, but there are a few other things in our life we expect to be, or there are a few other things in our life that we expect to be perfect at all. So like, you're never going to be perfect at your job, right? You're never going to be perfect at parenting, right? It's all a learning process. So why do we put so much pressure on ourselves to be perfect with nutrition? We really shouldn't. In fact, setbacks and failures and how we deal with bad weeks or hard times is a key determinant to our success. Because it's super easy to stay on track when things are going great, but it's not as easy to deal with things when life is throwing curveballs left, right, and center. These small hiccups don't make you a failure. They make you human. The most successful people in the world slip up on their habits too and fail a lot more than people who are less successful. What separates them isn't their willpower or motivation. It's their ability to get back on track quickly. So there will always be instances when following your regular routine is basically impossible. You don't need to have superhuman willpower. You just need strategies that you can pull yourself back on track. So habit formation hinges on your ability to bounce back. Okay. So with that said, we have some strategies you can use to get back on track and bounce back right now or to get through a bad week. Um, So the first one, and this is a favorite of me when I'm talking with my clients, is giving yourself some grace, right? Remember that bad weeks are going to happen. Hormones aren't always going to be perfect. Progress is never linear. So setbacks and speed bumps are normal. So don't put so much pressure on yourself to feel better now uh, when you aren't feeling very great at the present moment. Um, And then the other another one is to focus on self-care. When times um, are tough or we aren't feeling our best, taking care of ourselves or putting ourselves first is the last thing that we want to do. Right. However, when you're feeling down, you're out of the regular loop. This is the most important time to do it. Um, And then schedule self-care if you're not up to doing it yourself. So this could be like a massage, acupuncture, maybe a spa day, sensory floating. If you guys haven't tried that, I haven't, but I know people love it. Um, Those are all really helpful. They hold you accountable um, to getting through with the appointment, right? And then be prepared to fail. We want you to fail with us and we're here to guide you through it. Um, You fail forward, you learn from it with us, and then we help you figure that process out. Um, And then we want to establish minimums or anchors to get through those tough days. So while in this coaching program and in your life moving forward, it is important to, sorry, my dog is shaking back here. It is important to have anchors in your, and she's wearing a jacket. So it's especially, it's wild. Okay. So it's important to have anchors in your day or week that keep you accountable to a more health forward lifestyle and uh, things you can stick to at a minimum when things get tough. You can think of these as bad day non-negotiables. So we want you to pick two to three anchors that you can utilize on your hard days um, that you can, you know you'll be able to stick to, and then you can ensure you're still staying on track at a minimum. It's okay, Beth. My dog was just chewing on a really big rubber ball over here. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, some example, examples of anchors that we could use would be protein at every meal. So protein helps us build muscles, it improves body composition, it keeps us full longer, helps keep our blood sugars balanced. Um, And, you know, we'll typically have a specific protein goal that we will give all of our our clients that we work with. Um, However, making sure that you get consistent protein throughout the day can be helpful for keeping up and also keeping a 
metabolic process called muscle protein synthesis on the high side, right? Um, so number two would be to walk daily for 15 minutes or think about like three times a week for 30 to 40 minutes or even having just a step goal minimum that you know that you can hit. Um, and then number three would be to drink water more than you think. Ideally, you want to drink your body weight in pounds divided by two. That's how many ounces of fluid that you'd like to be aiming for on a daily basis. All right. So next one is going to be de-stressing. Now, this doesn't have to be a huge commitment. I think a lot of people get really intimidated because they're like, I can't meditate for like 20 minutes a day. But do something that's going to de-stress you for five to 10 minutes. Um, this is going to be different than self-care. Self-care is really important. Do the things that bring you joy. But what are we actually doing to help retrain our stress response that we've you know, subconsciously trained to be really sensitive to every little thing? And, you know, we can start really small. I always encourage people like go on YouTube or actually for all of our clients, go on the client portal. And Amy has some really wonderful like guided breathing exercises on there that you could follow with her or you can do with her. You could also go on YouTube if you wanted a shorter one and do like a two minute box breathing exercise. Put your feet up. It doesn't have to be long. Right. And I think we get really intimidated with having to do this. Make it short. Do it for one minute. Start really, really small. But you should be able to fit that in every day. And that's going to be a really great way that we can start to just retrain even our circadian rhythm and the way that our brain uh, like has a, a threshold for stress, right? Another thing we can do is workout. And of course, we primarily really like to um, advise for weightlifting. And working out is really important for not only overall health, um, especially as we get into the time of our lives where hormones seem to have a mind of their own, because the more muscle we have, muscle is actually an organ, muscle groups, right? And they communicate with the brain and the body and on how to balance hormones as well. Not only that, we all know that it's metabolically active. So the more muscle we have, the more calories we burn, the more energy we have, and the, more, the better our bone density is. There's nothing wrong with having more muscle. I think it's very, very important. Work out at least two to three times a week if you can, if not once a week. It doesn't matter, but get a workout in at any point during the week. That would be an anchor that you would discuss with your coach. Hey, what do you think or what do we think together is probably a good minimum for me. I know for me personally, I am not very often motivated to go to the gym because I do it like after a work day. So it's like 6 p.m. when I go. It's always super busy and packed. I usually wait for my boyfriend to come home. We go together and work out together. And I never really, 90% of the time, I don't want to go. But I do it because I know I'm going to feel better after. And if I don't go to the gym, my mental health definitely suffers. My patience is not as good. I'm like, why am I getting annoyed at all these things? Oh, wait, I haven't worked out for like two days and gotten like my stress out on the weights, right? So it definitely is way more important than us just going to like burn calories. So make sure that you're putting that as, in as an anchor. Um, another anchor could be balanced food groups. So if all else fails, balance your plate. A balanced plate is something that we talk about um, a lot. Aim for a quarter plate of protein, lean protein ideally, a quarter plate of or a half a plate of fibrous vegetables, and then a quarter of your plate is going to be those starchy carbs. And you want a small amount of fat mixed in where needed. So into your meals, into your car or into your meats, into your carbs, into your vegetables, wherever you want to put that small amount of fat, that'd be perfect. Uh, one more anchor we could do is just get in two to three servings of vegetables minimum. If you are someone that it's really easy to do that, then great. Have that as an anchor so that you feel like, hey, when things are overwhelming, I at least have this as my minimum, right? 
So pick a few of these, make sure you talk to your coach about it. I very much, you know, encourage you guys to sit down together and say, hey, what are realistic for my anchors and my minimums? Because some of these could not be, or some people could have very different anchors that would apply to them. And just remember, these are just examples. So create your own and uh, make sure there are things that you can check off even on your worst days or the days that your motivation is completely non-existent. Walk, my anchor is a walk. Um, okay, so the next yeah, thing, walking is yeah. a is a great anchor, Tracy. Like such a good anchor. Oh. Sorry, I was talking to myself. Didn't realize I wasn't <laughs> muted. <laughs> so oh, good. That just made all of our day. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, uh, the next thing, I'm a big fan of creating a pyramid of priority. So when things get tough or when life gets hectic and we feel like we don't have the time or the capacity to fit everything that we want to in, you know, we have a million things that we can do to improve our health. Um, we can create a pyramid of what is a priority for you. So it's similar to anchors, but it gives us the clarity. It gives us clarity when it comes to choosing what we can fit in and what we can't fit in and which things we should prioritize to feel our best even when we can't do it all on some days. So I, I think that how we verbalize this too to ourselves and um, and to other people about ourselves is super powerful. So anytime we feel tempted to say, I don't have time for something, I think it's powerful to replace that with, that's not a priority for me instead of I don't have time for it because it does, it does just that. It puts the power back in, in your hands. Um, so let's see. Uh, so uh, you should talk to your coach about and kind of evaluate what your pyramid of priority should be. But an example of this would be number one, sleep and recovery. This is huge. It should be everyone's number one. Um, sleep should be the priority here versus going to bed late to fit in a workout, for example. If you can prioritize that, then you can move up your pyramid to the next thing that's most important to you. So maybe the second one is hitting your calories. So if all else fails, the priority is on hitting your calories instead of maybe hitting all of your macro targets, um, just hitting your calories consi consistently. The next one is maybe maybe we've got that nailed. We, we uh, then move on to focusing on calories and protein. Maybe the next one is steps and activity outside of exercise and then de-stressing and self-care and being intentional with your exercise and your workouts. So remember your pyramid of priority could look completely different based on what your body needs. So just talk to your coach about writing your personal pyramid together so you can properly prioritize your health, your habits and your health around your busy weeks, your days that you are just exhausted. Uh, we don't want to be napping on the couch if our priority is movement. And on the other hand, we also don't want to be sacrificing sleep to get in a workout if the priority is rest, right? So we can have some conflicting things there. Um, remember, nothing changes if nothing changes. So it is a lifestyle. It's not just the next six months of your life. Um, so establishing healthy anchors is essential to creating a foundation of success. And that way, we're not relying on motivation to always get you through. So I think this was like... Uh, a training that has a lot of information in it. So I highly recommend you take some time to go back um, and ask yourself a few of these questions. So what, what action can I do that's going to start up my momentum? So what is that thing? If you're starting to feel unmotivated, don't be looking for the grass is greener. This is a time to talk to your coach and be like, 
oh, I know I'm at this point. I need some help. Maybe we'll like set a new like workout goal for you or things like that to still move you forward. We're still working on consistency, but adding variation in a way that's still conducive to your goals as opposed to you just completely going sideways on us. It does happen. Um, what is your deep-seated why? This one is super, super huge for you guys. And then what are your three minimum anchors that you know you can accomplish on your on your worst day? For me right now, um, my deep-seated why is obviously trying to grow a healthy baby um, and be able to still do all of this. Um, so my priorities right now are sleep and food. Those are like my two, that's my like pyramid right now. It's sleep is number one, food is number two. Um, if I have extra, then I'm doing my workouts and things like that. But those are my, my two priorities because turns out growing a baby is very exhausting. Um, so <laughs> sleep and food are, are the most important things. Food is something I've been struggling with because I can't eat the way I usually do. Cause this baby freaking hates chicken and chicken is like my favorite food. Chicken is the way I get my protein in. And, um, I've had to really change my eating habits. I can't eat as much at sittings as I used to, because I was used to having like two big meals and then like a couple snacks here and there. I can't do that anymore because my digestion is so freaking slow from all this progesterone in my body that I just, food just sits here forever. And then I feel like garbage. My digestion is just so sluggish. So now I'm learning to have to eat differently than I usually would. Um, for me, having high volume foods, uh, that are lower calorie, I can't do anymore. Like I can't have big salads because it just will sit here forever and I will feel like garbage. So I'm needing to have more like calorie dense foods, higher fat, uh, like yogurts and stuff like that, because I just can't, I can't get the food in because it just sits there forever. So for me, it's been navigating nutrition in another way, um, but still making sure I'm getting what I need and then sleeping a ton. So that's like my deep why I'm learning curve, just like all of you are learning different ways from eating and how to support your body in different ways. Um, so like sleep recovery, I'm doing feet up a ton just to try and get digestion moving faster and helping with the bloating that happens. Um, and just really trying to focus on eating enough food, which is like tough. I'm at a point where I'm even like drinking some calories cause I just can't, just can't get it in. It's driving me crazy. So I know how you feel when you're super hungry in a reverse is, I mean, I always ate a lot of food, but I never had issues. Now my digestion being so slow, I'm like, want to eat and look super delicious, but I get halfway through and I'm like, nope, can't do it. I would go get an ice cream and be like, have no problem eating it. And it's taken me like four days to eat a small blizzard. Like it's just, it's taking forever. Um, so it's, it's different for me. Um, and that's why my activity has changed a lot too. It's like, I want to be active for baby, but at the same time, if I'm super tired, I'm going to nap over, over working out, still trying to get some movement in, but it's, it's different and that's okay. It's a different season. Um, so coaches, what is like your order of priorities right now? And what's like your why right now? Cause we're all going through different seasons and different changes. Uh, so coaches, what are your, what are your whys and your priorities right now? I'll start. Um, I, mine's not going to be very exciting, but, uh, my why at this point is to just like really enjoy the process. Cause I feel like I've spent a lot of, I've spent a lot of my life not being okay with myself and like not having a lot of self-worth. And I felt I've spent a lot of my life, like 
chasing the numbers and chasing being lean and chasing building muscle and the workouts always had to have a purpose like that were physical and chasing like the calorie burn to a certain extent or always thinking about food or always thinking about my weight. And, you know, now that I'm in a position where I'm so accepting of like myself, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't even care if there's a mirror there. I'm not looking at it. Like, I just want to feel good. I just want to like lift some weights and like be healthy and be happy. And I think um, for me, like that motivation right now is just like, I want to enjoy every single thing. And I want to like actually savor like my life, right? I don't want to just be looking for the next thing and checking everything off the to-do list. So that's my why. My pyramid of priority is always going to be um, like relaxation, recovery, not necessarily sleep, but always having like downtime to recover, um, not always being on the go. The one after that is going to be nutrition and protein. So just getting in my calories, getting in my protein. Um, My priority after that, if, you know, I'm able to and I have the capacity to is going to be movement. So making sure I take like we take the dog out or making sure we get our steps in. Um, And then beyond that, it's going to be workouts. Now, some days workouts are more important than movement. I'm not going to get my walk in, but I'm going to be able to get to the gym. So, you know, certain days it depends on what it is. And like I will decide that day what my priority is. Um, but that's usually mine. So, um, I can go. Okay. So my wife always forever will be just to be the best version of myself. I can be, I am pretty open with my clients. Um, if you're my client, you know, probably that I have struggled, struggled with depression in the past. And, um, I, when I get to that point, there are five questions that I always ask myself. And this, I think, goes into my period of my pyramid of priorities. But if I'm like kind of feeling myself kind of getting to that point, the first question is, well, have I moved my body? And if if no, then I go for a walk. And I prioritize a walk over strength training because the point is to move my body in a smart way, right? Um, the next one is, have I fueled my body? So what am I eating? Am I feeding my body junk? Well, if so, then that's the next thing to fix, right? The next one is, am I am I sleeping? If I'm not sleeping, I'm going to feel like crap, right? So that's another pyramid, pyramid on, or thing on my pyramid of priorities. The next one is, am I in service of others? And as a mom, yes, that's always true. And <laughs> the last one is, have I connected with people? So if I can say yes to all of those things and I'm still feeling sad, then I stay in bed. But it, that really doesn't happen. <laughs> I can go next. So I, you know, kind of in a similar way to Kiriana, I think just like on, on an aggressive, aggressive scale, I have spent a lot of time in my life really like seeing how little I can eat, right? How, like how little I need to actually survive, right? Which is not, that's not, why? Why would I do that? Right. So I spent a lot of time doing that and over exercising. Right. And I think a lot of us kind of were have been in the same boat as far as that goes. Um, but my why right now is to guys, I'm eating a lot. I'm eating a lot. So it's to see, you know, kind of the potential, like what I can do, like what really I'm capable of instead of holding myself down. I'm trying to see, OK, if I'm fueling properly, what can I actually do here? Right. And it is all in powdered peanut butter. You're correct. Thank you for noticing. Yeah. But it is like, what can I do here? Right. And that's been so much fun. I've been the strongest I've ever been. The, you, I don't know if you guys want the entirety of Beth, 
you know what I mean? But you're, you're going to get it because it's, it's, I have so much energy. I'm sleeping so good. So it's just like seeing that change in me has been incredible. So that's kind of the why right now is to actually just see what, what I can do. Right. And then as far as the pyramid goes, sleep always. Um, and that is so important to me. I am, I'm, I can get grumpy. So sleep is good. Um, the next one is nutrition, right? I've been really dialed in. I, there's days where it's like, nope, don't really want to eat the rest of that. And I have to like kind of push through, I, I, you know, relating back to my goal in order to see that, let me, you know, actually push and do the thing. Um, and then the third one is exercise. I have no problem just based on my past. I have no problem getting my workouts in ever. In fact, it's more like, should you, should you rest? Like having that conversation with myself, but at least getting that movement in is is good. So I have to say, I gotta let you guys know about the peanut powder peanut butter <laughs> debacle because we br- I feel like we bring it up often. Like it'll come up randomly, just like in like the the little chats and stuff. And uh, Beth was on what we call low FODMAP diets for a while. I don't know if we're still on it, but um, for digestive health stuff, perfect. She's she's back to eating regular food. Um, but it was like a, a gut health protocol where you can't have a lot of fun foods. Um, so you can't have like, like garlic and onion and like going out to eat a less enjoyable because those things are literally everywhere. Um, and she was trying to get her calories in and all that kind of stuff. Um, and she was like, can someone, when we went to Florida, she's like, can someone stop by Target and get me some powdered peanut butter? And Taylor was in this group chat because he was also coming to Florida with us. And he, he was so, um, upset. <laughs> he was like, what, what is, what is this? Like, is, is this a joke or is this real? I'm like, no, that's a thing. You like mix it in stuff. And he was like shocked. Um, but then like powdered peanut butter has a very strong smell. So like Beth would be making her food in the morning with her powdered peanut butter. And like, it was like an assault to your nostrils. Um, but now it's just like this inside joke of like Beth and her powdered peanut butter. Oh, I've got to have her powdered peanut butter. So if you, uh, hear us say FODMAPI and uh, powdered peanut butter, you can, you can thank Beth for that. It was, uh, it was a great, great time in Florida altogether. Okay, rest of the coaches, keep on going. I feel like a lot of us coaches are kind of on the same wavelength right now in the sense that like we are prioritizing health and just kind of like becoming the best versions of ourselves. Um, Right now, I'm kind of in like a health slash maintenance phase. So I'm working on just really kind of like feeding my body like really good quality nutrient dense foods, focusing not so much on the macros, but more so on like the types of foods that I'm eating. So lots of veggies, lots of different proteins, because in the past I've been like extremely regimented sometimes to like my detriment. Um, so just kind of making sure that I'm covering all the bases in terms of nutrition. Um, I'm also kind of doing what Beth is doing in the sense that I'm trying to just see how strong I can get right now. Um, and it's great. Like right now I'm kind of in a phase where my training requires me to keep a couple reps in the tank, which is a little bit difficult for me to like kind of comprehend because I've never trained this way before, but it, I just kind of have to trust that this process is going to eventually allow me to be the strongest version of myself so that when it's time to really push the weights, I'm going to be like fully ready, fully fueled up, gassed up and just like the strongest version of myself. So that's kind of where I'm at. 
Um, in terms of like daily non-negotiables, um, what I like to do personally and for recommend for a lot of my clients is making a meal plan for yourself or just planning like a meal plan or like you can do even two or three days um, in advance just so you kind of know like, okay, if, you know, nothing else, I will kind of feel comfortable that I'll hit my goals today if I follow this plan. Um, and with that kind of comes a little bit of like prepping as well. So I like to prep in bulk. So I'll do like proteins, carbs, and a couple of veggies at the beginning of the week that will carry me through usually till Friday. Um, so that kind of covers nutrition. And then beyond that, just really, really focusing on water um, because that is something I struggle with too. I can go next. Um, so I have two whys that are really big to me right now. One is for, um, I have a really, really long history of eating disorders and it has been a journey. And if I cry, please don't, <laughs> I'm going to cry. Um, but I have a really long history of eating disorders and I have three daughters and, um, the way that I speak to myself and have always spoken to myself and about my body and how I have treated myself with food is not what I want to pass on to my kids. So it has been a started a couple of years ago where it really hit me really hard that I needed to um, change the way that I treated myself and spoke to myself and ate and all of the things. So that way my children would see that, right? Because I never allowed them to speak, hear anything like that. I talked to them in a completely different way. And it was like, why am I talking to my kids in a different way? And why am I not talking to myself that way? And then my second why kind of ties in with that is for the last 11 years, I have run my poor body into the ground in service to others. I have done, I'm a mom. I have done birth doula work where I've been on call for literally almost 11 straight years of my life meaning I never took vacations. I was up sometimes for 48 hours at a time, gone from my family and just really, really intense work. And um, my adrenals, not super happy. And so it's really time for me to actually take care of me and, and learn how to slow down. And as Hannah and I had a conversation yesterday, not put the gas just completely on everything all the time and to learn how to take some time for myself. And that's been a really, really hard thing because I always feel guilty for taking time for me. Um, but I also want my children to learn that they need to take time for themselves. So those are my two big whys. And I'm working really, really hard. And it's it's very, very hard for me to do that. Um, and then my kind of my pyramid is sleep. Always number one, just because my sleep has been garbage for years and years and years. Um, and then the second one is usually my nutrition, just because I have to make sure that I'm actually eating enough. Because for me, it's t I typically tend to go the opposite way where I just don't eat enough food. And so it's really important for me to make sure that I'm feeding my body well every day. And then the third one for me should be relaxation, but it's not. Um, <laughs> it's movement, but also movement, meaning it could just be getting a walk in that day. And that's also de-stressing for me as well. So I know relaxation should be up there in my top three and it's not, and I'm working on it. <laughs> um, 
All right, I will go. I think I'm the last one. Um, so my why for a really long time was performance. And I thought going into this year, it was still going to be a performance. And I am in a phase right now. It's been like a month where I'm just like, I don't know what I want from movement. I've been having a really hard time with like, going to the gym. I'm just like, I I don't want to be in the gym for over an hour, but it's a 25 minute drive. So it doesn't make sense for me to be there for less than an hour. So I've just been trying different things at home. I am going to get like a month long pass for yoga classes and just like see what feels good right now, because this is not something I've really ever done. I've just been like, what feels good? I've been like, this is the plan. I'm doing it. If I don't do it, I'm beating myself up for it. And so now I'm trying to be very nice to myself and just see what comes my way because my goal can and likely will evolve from that. But it's allowing me more space to have purpose and apply energy in places that I have been neglecting, like relationships and other areas of life. And I'm okay with that. It's not like my biggest priority, but of course, then like health, of course, is this thing that impacts everything. So what do I do on a daily basis to make sure I'm healthy? Water has become very easy for me over the years. <laughs> um, sitting on the couch in the morning, drinking uh, water and a cup of coffee so that I can poop in the morning because when you don't poop, life does not feel great on a day-to-day -day basis and I'm cranky. <laughs> So I'm trying to not be cranky with uh, allowing myself that time. Um, so those two things and then eating at least three meals a day with balanced plates. Those are my three things right now and just seeing what comes my way with movement. So as you can see, we all have some pretty different priorities right now. A lot of it is just on health, like hugely, as you can see. Um, and a lot of us, as you noticed, sleep and recovery was like in our priorities. It is, it is huge, uh, as well as nutrition. So I hope that was helpful in figuring out, like, maybe some of those resonated with you as to what your why is. Um, hopefully that helps you figure out like maybe what your priorities should kind of be. And these are good conversations to have with your coach. It helps so, 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 so much. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to have an aesthetic goal, but if you can figure out like why you want to look a certain way, like, or why you want to, like, it's like a lot of people are like, oh, if I lose 30 pounds, I'll be happy because I was happy back then. And it's like, but were you actually happy because of that weight or was it because of your routines and the relationships you had that time and you were taking more care of yourself and you were, you know, nurturing those relationships? Like, that's usually what it is, but we have this like mentality of like, no, life was good then because I was smaller, but it's not always the case. So take a little bit of inventory as to like why you want to have these specific goals and dig down a little bit deeper, have those conversations with your coaches. Like we're always happy to get like open and vulnerable with you. Um, I know this was a little bit longer, but I feel like this is a really good time to have this conversation because January can be tough especially when we see other people trying these new shiny things and they might be losing weight quickly, but you know, they're going to gain back anyways. So have these conversations, know you're on the right track. If you had a bad time with your doctor, let us know. And we will happily let you vent and be on your side. I always say if I could call doctors and tear them a new one, I would, <laughs> but 
ethically that's not uh, very well um, received. And I don't think they would answer the call anyways. But um, if I could, I would do that for you all in a heartbeat. Have a good rest of your Thursday. Have a great weekend. If there's anything we can do to support you over the weekend, just let us know. That's what we're here for. And we will all talk to you soon. Bye, everyone.